Welcome to Women Rise. What makes me qualified to talk about how women rise? I am a woman, living, breathing, experiencing. And the mission of this podcast is to empower business women to take inspired action to elevate their lives. I am your host, Melissa, and today we're going to talk about how to handle angry clients and why are they so angry? Now, while I hope this is something you never have to deal with, the reality is that at some point, someone, specifically some client, is probably going to lash out at you for seemingly no reason. So what happens in that moment? How do you handle it? What does it mean? Does it mean you're terrible at your job, that you're in the wrong profession? No, it doesn't. But what I want to share with you today is a little bit about the motivations about why someone would lash out at a service provider or someone who provides them some sort of product as well. Now, the reason, of course, that this has become a podcast is because this is what I've done so many 90-minute consults on recently with a variety of different types of clients and service providers. So if you've been listening to the show for a little while, you know that I am a business coach. And one of my areas of specialty is negotiation and specifically helping people who provide services navigate sticky situations with clients. So I love helping business owners, consultants, coaches address problems with clients head on and actually learn how to strengthen the relationship in the process of diffusing a conflict. And perhaps it does have something to do with the fact that we just got through a bunch of holidays this past year, but I think there's something to be said for why all these problems are suddenly arising and a lot of people are dealing with clients that are pretty upset over seemingly really small things because I've had a slew of people reach out for this specific issue. And I'll tell you, after taking many courses in things like negotiation, mediation, along with the lived experience of just always being in a client-facing role or a managerial role, I've learned a lot about diffusing conflict, and I actually kind of enjoy <laughs> enjoy it now, you might say. But what I enjoy about it is changing processes, changing the way that people communicate with their clients, and being able to really lay a foundation that enables people like service providers, coaches, business owners to, from the get-go, mitigate potential conflict, right? Because I really think it comes down to setting expectations and recognizing that difficult clients are lashing out due to one, if not all, of the three following reasons. So first is that they're scared, right? When clients reach out and they're frustrated and they're taking it out on you, it's because they're scared of something, whether that's losing their own money, not getting the value they were promised or they thought they were supposed to get out of this engagement or about their own business, future job, whatever it is. Fear is usually the basis for someone reaching out in a way that is unprofessional, right? So that is the primary, if not all the reason. The second is that they are potentially very confused. What are they confused about? Many things, but the most important one are the expectations versus what they actually got. So did their expectations of how this service or product would go match the reality of it? And there's often a need to reset expectations, I find, when there's conflict is to 
rediscuss what was the original agreement? What did they really think they were going to get? And make sure that those two things are aligned. The third reason that difficult clients are behaving in a way that is potentially unprofessional is that they're not trained in communication. And what do I mean by that? So what I'm saying here is that if they explode or they personally attack you, it's because they were not given clear guidelines about how to work with you. And it's not always the service provider's fault, of course, a lot of times it's not, but there are things we can do as the consultant, as the coach, as the business owner to help reduce the likelihood that someone will lash out. And really, I think the reason that so many clients end up frustrated is because of one of those three, right? They are either afraid, they're confused, or they don't understand how and when they should be communicating what they feel. So they wait till the end of the engagement to say, I don't like this, right? And sometimes it'll come out in ways that are very, very personal and personal attacks are not unheard of when people get frustrated and scared. So now we've talked about the reasons why someone might be lashing out or a client may be behaving in a way that is frankly unacceptable. Of course, you could always fire the client, but before you get to that, there's a couple of things that you can do to help mitigate it. So it will vary from situation to situation, but there are three things that I recommend that you do either initially or change in the way that you've been working with clients. If you're consistently dealing with clients that are lashing out, So first is if you've been having a lot of miscommunications with a client and you feel personally attacked, I always recommend that you make a personal call, right? So you actually pick up the phone and have a conversation with them. And while this may be the scary option, this is the option that will almost always diffuse it immediately because people can get very strong and fearless in the way they communicate and the things that they will say when it's over email or when it's over text or any other written form where they can hide behind their computer. I find so often that when you actually pick up the phone and talk to someone and give them a chance to explain, not only does a lot of the miscommunication get cleared up, but it really is hard to yell at someone when you are on the phone with them if all the conversations have been over email. And by all means, don't put yourself in a place to be yelled at, but do open the conversation over the phone because this nine times out of 10 will clear up everything. The second recommendation I have is that you refine your process for handling feedback. So recently, a lot of the folks that have been reaching out to me for help have actually been in the graphic design side of things, which has been really interesting. And it gets so personal and the people receiving graphic design work can really come back with very harsh things that are unclear as a designer to know what to do about it, right? And so part of my recommendation has always been to create a form or a template for people to give you feedback. So they have to give you feedback on specific elements. This will reduce the chance of there just being long run on sentences and saying things that either don't make sense or aren't very specific, right? Now, if you're not a graphic designer, you can still focus on creating a format in which someone can give you feedback that can be more specific, right? So this can be tailored to whatever service that you provide. And you can do this before the engagement is over, right? So as part of the feedback process, rather than asking for an email response, you can send them a link to a form to fill out like Google Forms, right? Very easy, free, and you're able to ask specific questions versus opening it up for any kind of feedback. 
So really think about, you know, what is happening when you're receiving feedback? Would it even make more sense potentially to hop on a call with a client right after they receive the service or product that you provide, right? So figuring out how you can actually have more of a personal touch in the feedback process will reduce the likelihood that you'll get a scathing email, right? And there's something to be said for that because Again, whenever we get to build those relationships, have those conversations, it may take what seems like more time, but not in the long run. And it actually strengthens the relationship in the process. And the last recommendation I have for how to diffuse the situation is to change your initial process, right? So I guess this is less on diffusing, but it's more of a preventative measure. So in your initial meetings with someone, whenever you're going to work with a new client, Make sure that you provide some coaching in your first meeting with them. Provide context for what can be expected. And then of course, always provide it in writing for them to have and read later. Explain to them how you receive feedback best and what you would like, what's appropriate, what's not. Set the parameters, set the foundation and the framework for how you wish to be communicated with. And then if it is appropriate, right, you can let them know that sometimes receiving this service or product can be an emotional experience and that you are here to partner with them through the process, right? And to guide them through the process, even though it may stir up feelings. And you may be thinking right now, well, that seems a little extreme, but let me tell you as a business coach, I think I have at least one out of three new business clients, business coaching clients cry during our first call. And What I have learned is that I need to actually begin the call by saying this can be a really emotional experience because your business is your livelihood. And just by setting that expectation, of course, I always welcome people crying during the meeting because it means they feel safe and they feel comfortable with me. And I actually take it as a huge honor. However, I also want them to know that there's nothing to be embarrassed about and that it will be an emotional experience when you talk about things that you finally are getting help on, right? And a lot of times when people are reaching out to service providers, regardless of the service, it's been a buildup. There's a lot of emotion that has to come to the surface in order for them to actually reach out to ask for help. And maybe asking for that help is terrifying for them, right? And so when we can hold that space and really recognize that even though we deal with this every day, the people coming to us do not. And so we need to provide an element of coaching, especially as any kind of service provider, right? The example I gave was even graphic design, which you probably wouldn't have expected would be an emotional situation, right? But anytime you're a service provider, you need to make sure that you're doing some initial coaching, giving them very clear expectations, explaining the best ways to communicate with you and letting them know that you're here to help them through the experience because you are. And that's part of the role of a coach, a consultant. Anytime you're in business, you are supposed to be the partner, the guide for this person through an experience that they don't necessarily know anything about. Now, again, we were talking a little bit more about this idea of diffusing the situation. Really, the only key piece of advice that I hope you take away from this is that you need to take the time to have a live conversation if things are starting to get out of hand, right? Ultimately, I can tell you all the things in the world about like prepping and preventative measures, but it still may happen. And it didn't mean that you did anything wrong, but fear, confusion may have gotten the best of your client. So in those situations, 
A personal call is always best. A meeting, whether that's face-to-face, via phone, via Zoom call, however you choose to meet, but get the person live and you'll be able to know so much more just from the tone of their voice, just from the things that they are saying. And the other piece with diffusing the situation is to really show that you want them to get their value. Right, And so this is an element of that personal call is to make sure that you are explaining that you want them to have an amazing experience and that you are willing to do you know, things within a certain parameter to ensure that that experience is exactly what they signed up for. So yes, calls may not feel efficient, but they will certainly save you a lot of heartache in the long run. So as always, I hope you got some value out of this short podcast here. I would always love to hear any feedback or stories you have. Always feel free to reach out to me via Instagram. And my new Instagram handle is Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-S, and then B-A-R-K-E-R. So Melissa S. Barker. Feel free to shoot me a DM. I always respond to listeners, and I would love to hear from you there. So until next week, you badass ladies. Keep moving and shaking and check back next Tuesday at 9 a.m. for another episode of Women Rise.